the gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown, Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go Dawgs. Welcome back to this episode of the DGD podcast. As always, your host, the NCDGD himself, Robert Reynolds, got Mr. Juan Daniels and fellow guest and friend, KTG13. Guys, as you can tell, got the chain on. My goodness. Sean Washington for the 2022 class out of uh, Warren Easton in Louisiana. And um, McEldry, offensive lineman uh, from Alabama. Uh, two commits, both on the tr- in the trenches. Uh, Georgia's shoring up those lines, man, offensive and defensive. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts, first off, on, on the two commitments? Obviously, welcome to Dog Nation. Um, what are your thoughts on those? We'll go ahead and jump right into this real fast. What are y'all's thoughts overall on the, on the recent commits? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I didn't – I haven't watched the offensive linemen's um, – highlight tape but sean washington is Devonte wyatt he plays just like Devonte wyatt very quick off his feet only a three-star was so, so was Devonte wyatt but you know kirby always finds the gems and uh that was the first thing that came to my mind with sean washington was Devonte wyatt so i'm really excited to have him aboard i'm telling you right now watch that watch that ratings bump watch that rank skyrocket just just calling it out there Juan, what say you about these commits my man Man, the rich, the rich just keeps getting richer. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you, you know, what, what, what a great turnaround that that that, that Kirby just had, and and I don't think it's going to stop right there. Obviously, having the the the, the top recruiting class, um, that says a lot. This game this weekend is really, really going to just kind of send it over the top. So if you think that we've had some great uh, commits now. Wait till we go out here and uh, you know beat on Alabama a little bit, and then it's gonna it's gonna really just kind of the doors are gonna just blow wide open. I'm just gonna say this: Juan said, "Beating up on Bama isn't that just interesting to hear? Just interesting to hear." It's gonna happen too. I'm just I like, mean, I look, know. it's crazy to believe this, but you know, it's been since I want to say 2015 or something like that where Bama's been and uh, a bet's a spreaded uh, underdog. And, you know, looking at this season, which we're going to talk more about this tomorrow in depth, uh, obviously previewing the SEC championship game, but we'll give you a little bit of a taste of what's to come. You know, looking at this right here, you look at Bama that just played uh, Auburn. Obviously, Iron Bowl can be very tricky, especially at Jordan-Hare where it was. Played them. It was a very interesting game nonetheless. You'll hear more about it tomorrow. Don't want to give everything away, guys. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I, I think you look at the, the situation that Georgia's in right now, game plan-wise, I think I think Bama fits into what Georgia needs to do to win this game. Like I said, I'm not going to give everything away. But uh, it's going to be an interesting game nonetheless Saturday in the bins, 4 p.m. Juan, you know, obviously, you know, looking at the situation here, uh, we got Facebook users saying, Howdy, Robert, and Juan. Eyes on the road, Juan. He's in his car right now. Uh, but nonetheless, I think he stopped, uh, whoever said yeah. that. Uh, but let's do this real fast. Look, just want to say, uh, obviously, catching us on YouTube, um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Daily Motion, 
we are on about 30 different platforms right now, uh, different locations, destinations, as it's called. Uh, and that's brought to you by the Y'all's Conference Network. Uh, you're going to look, if you're familiar with the channel here, you'll understand that you're starting to see different teams around the SEC, uh, different content outside of just the DGD podcast. That's brought to you basically, you know, this is all for the viewers. This is not for podcast podcast listeners. Uh, obviously catching on the YouTube channels, things like that. You're starting to see Ole Miss content. You're starting to see, uh, you know, Alabama content. That's brought to you by the We All's Conference Network, YCN for short. So you'll just remember, if I say YCN, that's what I'm talking about. So thank you, everybody. Obviously, thanks to uh, Y'all's Conference Network for having the DGD podcast, being a part of that family, uh, and everybody watching, wherever you're watching from. Hope you enjoyed today's show and more to come. Let's jump in to this Georgia Tech review. I mean, we're going to keep it short. First off, it was an ass whipping. We knew it was coming. Knew it was an ass whipping. I think me and Juan both called no points. I, I maybe a bit messed up and gave the benefit of a doubt for three. I was proven wrong. Uh, you know, we'll go Juan first, and then we'll jump to KTG. What are your thoughts on that takeaway or takeaways for that game? Um, you know what? Just Georgia not playing down to their competition. You know that, that was something that historically we've dealt with, you know, going all the way back to the Mark Rigg days, Jim Donnan days, great golf. I mean, it's just historically Georgia's played down to their competition. This was a trap game in a sense of, Hey, are they going to come out flat and not do what they're supposed to do? Every game, all 12 games, 12 and 0, there's not been a game that Georgia's played down to their competition. They have dominated from the very first snap to the end of the game. That speaks volumes going into this game on Saturday. Georgia tech is, they're, they're in some bad shape, man. They're, they're, they're in some bad shape right now. They are getting some, some pretty good recruits. You know, you're going to have that washout from Paul Johnson. So not to say, you know, they'll, they'll probably be decent in, you know, in a couple of years, but Georgia was just completely dominant in this football game. Caleb, what about you, buddy? What do you, what's your takeaways? Um, Simple. I mean, I was, I was one touchdown off the score. I said 52 to nothing. It was 45 to nothing, but um, honestly, it, and we're, I'm not going to go deep into it because I know y'all are going to be previewing Alabama and Georgia. But this year, it seems like the tide, pun intended, the tide the tide has turned. They've been the one that's played more down to their competition like we have been known to do. And we've done what Alabama usually does and just rip through everybody. So um, that's that's why I think this Georgia team's different. They seem locked in. Um and and they just take care of business, and I, I see them doing that from here on out. I mean, this it is what it is. We're the best team in the nation, and uh, we showed it for twelve games. Period. No doubt. And obviously, guys, we're going to talk more about this obviously in the regular season review just after this. Uh, but I've got one statement: We are who we thought they were, or they are who we thought they were. If you remember, <laughs> let them slip. You know what I'm talking about. And we let them slip. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just telling you right now, we knew they were bad, and we showed exactly what we needed to do. Georgia did what exactly what we needed to do per what Juan said. You can say that for both sides, right? We knew Georgia was the dominant team. They were going to come in and dominate, and Georgia did. Georgia Tech didn't score any points. Now, to their credit, they were able to move the ball efficiently sometimes, but it's still they shot themselves in the foot and got themselves out of field goal range or anything like that or out of the, the, uh, the opportunity to score points, uh, and the score reflects that. Look, Georgia Tech in the last two weeks <clears throat> with Notre Dame, 
and Georgia combined 100 to zero. 100 <laughs> to zero. They gave up 100 points, guys, and did not score a thing. That is terrible, right? That's absolutely terrible. And it's showing because you have their best player, and honestly, anybody in the country better go after this guy. Gibbs, right, their running back, just entered the portal. I hope Georgia goes after him because, first off, it's a slap in the face of uh, Jeff Collins down there. My man looking like Uncle uh, Uncle Lua on Christmas vacation with that damn hairdo. That's just terrible. Um, and second off, you know, it, to me it's just one of those things where he's just a great player. And you look at what you look at what George is about to lose, especially with the running back situation. James Cook has he has just stepped, he has stood out and and separated himself from what he was last year. And we're going to lose him, obviously. I want to retain some of that, what he brings to the table. Jameer Gibbs is that, and maybe even better. And, and if Georgia can go after that kind of player and get them, especially right in your backyard, why would you not do it? The only reason why he wouldn't do it is if he really hates Georgia that much. But when, when we watched Bobby Dodd Stadium, that bitch was a sea of red. I didn't see any Georgia Tech fans. I saw a little to the point where the, the players, the, senior, the seniors were pissed off because the, it was just a sea of red. Yeah, my brother went to the game. He said it was about 90% Georgia. That's about expected. We Look, that is just Athens West, all right? That is just <laughs> Athens West. Juan, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you played in those games. I don't think it's ever changed. I right. mean, it may have when you had guys like Calvin Johnson there, when you you know when Georgia Tech was actually ranked, you know, sure. But right now, with how bad that program is, you knew, I knew damn well. Hell, I'd be surprised to see uh, any or any – Gold at that point, any gold. But I want I want to go back to this. I want to go back to this game, and I want to give out um, game balls. Obviously, doing our little. Can anybody see this shit? But anyways, if Juan, I want to give you a chance here. Who's your game ball? Who are you giving your game ball to? Um, you know what? It, it I, I still I like to stick with Stetson Bennett. I mean, he's he's been consistent. He has led us uh, 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 to all of these victories, despite. I mean, there's so much noise on 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 the internet, on these these groups that you know, JT Daniels, JT Daniels, and 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 for him to know that he's not that guy that everybody wants. He's not that hometown hero, and they'd rather see JT Daniels. He doesn't care, man. He cares so much about this program. He cares so much about the Bulldogs that he will do any and everything to make sure that they're successful. It, it takes a strong person to do that. And so he's going to be, he's, he's going to get my game ball because he goes out there and he performs. And if you actually look at his numbers, um, they're, they're not super duper flashy, but they're consistent, man. They're, they're consistent. They're yeah. what you want as a quarterback. Um, and and a, if you're a coach and so he, he will get my game ball. I, I, I love him to death. Caleb, who's getting your game ball, my man? I'm going to keep mine short and simple. He wasn't a standout. He didn't do much, but just to see Mr. George Pickens back on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Passes, man. Give shit. it to Georgie. Give it to Georgie, and that's all I'm going to say about it, man. I I, I still don't think he's going to be a big uh, a big part of it next week, but come time he gets back into shape, he's going to be a threat in the playoffs. So I'm going to give my game ball to George Pickens, man. Just, just to see him back out there made me happy. With a stat line of one catch for not even a first down, that's a good game ball. 
Just going to say, yes, sir. look, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. I'm going to get to my game ball in just a second, but I do want to talk about this because Georgia fans, has been, we've been waiting a very, very long time to see my man get out back on the field. And you heard it as soon as he walked out. He didn't even do nothing. Yeah. The, the place went ballistic, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. But you know what that tells me? There's more to it. Just seeing him on the field. he did All he had to do was make one catch. You know what that tells me? Bam is going to have even more fun trying to game plan against this offense. It makes it that much more of a question mark. Right? Just yeah. saying. Yeah. It's going to make it that much more interesting. That much more interesting. Because he, he brings, you know, he, he may not be 100% healthy right now. I think he's close, right? I think he's more than good there. But I don't know. When he was. When he was celebrating in the end zone, he looked pretty healthy. When Kenny McIntosh scored, he was jumping. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make this prediction, and I'm going to give you a little teaser for what we're going to do tomorrow. One, watch George Pickens get a few catches based off of creating separation alone Saturday. He's going to create. He's going to do them comeback routes, and he's going to burn them DBs a little bit. Not burn them deep, but he's going to he's going to create a ton of separation. In my opinion, that's one of his best features outside of 50-50 balls is creating separation. He has an excellent comeback game. Now, confidence is going to be the key here with that ACL coming off that ACL injury. Confidence is going to be key. Juan, as a receiver, you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. But if he's able to create that separation just one time. Yeah. We know Pickens. But the dog in him. The dog in him has him wanting to come back out. You know, he I, he's not going to play timid. He's been looking forward to this this opportunity just to get out there. But just like we, you know, we talked about it on our last podcast. I said, you know, if, even if you just put George Pickens out there, that's going to give Alabama a nightmare to try to defend. I mean, it's already you know you're looking at at, at Bowers and, and 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 everybody else, but then you've got him out there too. Now, I mean, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, if, and this is a team that's given up, you know, 30 something points to not a very good Florida team. So, um it's uh it, it's going to be exciting. No doubt. Before I get to my game ball, I know I've been postponing this thing. I forgot one last week was Thanksgiving, right? We did a special show Wednesday for Thanksgiving. And Joel Sanders from the from the brigade called us out not to be rude and interrupt, but I know I won the rate my plate challenge just saying <laughs> so I'm just saying, look, on the, I'm telling you right now, if for those that are just watching and didn't see this, guys, Wednesday I was talking about, you know, for Thanksgiving, post, you know, post your picture of your plate, right, your Thanksgiving Day plate, hashtag rate my plate, and tag us in it, and we're going to give a rating. Joe had a nine, all right? That's, that's solid right there. I think the only thing that may have separated was if I it, – it looked so good, but it didn't have mac and cheese on it. If it had mac and cheese on it, I might have given, <laughs> given it a damn nine and a half. Maybe yeah, that's – yeah, but I mean, look, I'm I'm just saying. Just, okay, so I, I gave him the offer of having mac and cheese. Oh, dude, I had look, I had mac and cheese and candy yams and woo. I'm telling you right now, boy, I had to wear some sweatpants because you know how it is, man. Belly gets a little <laughs> bit big, right? Like, I'm just saying. So uh, obviously, guys, for the, for those who are tuning in, if you watch Wednesday, hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I did. I hope everybody else did as well. Um, but moving on. My game ball, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, two touchdowns, and you know what else he did? He slapped the people that chose the Mackey Award finalists in the face. 
He did. I mean, you, you snub him out of the finalists, and then you go out and throw two touchdowns, or get you know what I mean, like get two touchdowns. And his touchdowns look awesome at that, right? That touchdown in the end zone, that one tap. I'm telling you, that was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. That that's got to be the game ball for me. Um, you know, just I love it because I, I don't know if it, I don't think it's petty, but I think it's just making a statement, making a statement like you want to you want to sleep on me? Nah, nah, fam. We, nah, I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you pay. I love it. I love it. But uh, I think know. the um, I actually think the more impressive touchdown was the long one. I mean, did you see how he split four people in a blur? <laughs> yeah, Look, Man, I'm man. telling you right now, that was my favorite touchdown all damn game. Not all, right, all, all season. I'm, look, I'm just saying, to the speed, right? You, that dude is a tight end, running speeds like you see, like on a, a, like a breakaway. Like I don't know who would be good. Was it Tavon Olsen? Maybe a good example, right? My man just split through four defenders like it was nothing. Now maybe that's just because it's it's uh, it's Georgia Tech. But I'm telling you right now, my man's fast. My man is absolutely fast. Now, obviously, when you look at Bama, I don't see him doing that against Bama. But I will say this: he's going to be a problem. Him and Bowers, go, I mean, him and Washington, my fault, that ought to be a problem, especially in that linebacker core. I'm just saying that's going to be a problem. But uh, Yeah, what, what are you going to do with Bowers when you have to deal with George Pickens? You ooh. know, you have to deal with Darnell. You also have to deal with those backs. And you got, you know, uh, Cook coming out of the backfield. Ah, man, what, what a great position hold to on, be on. in. And hold what on. a tough do, position do for do Alabama. This. But th this do is what we've been wanting and looking for forward to for a long, long time. I'm saying, what do y'all think about this? 12 personnel, right? 12 personnel. Bowers, Washington, you know, on each side. You got Pickens, you got Burton, and then you take James Cook out of the backfield, slide him out into the slot on the side of Pickens. Think about that. <laughs> think about it. Think about that. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised to see 13 personnel because Fitzpatrick, we're going to show you some love too. You would damn good tight end in your own right. So you deserve some credit too, just because Bowers is doing what he's doing, and everybody's ready to see Darnell break out. Don't sleep on Fitzpatrick. Thirteen personnel could be a thing Saturday. We'll see. We're gonna talk more about that tomorrow, though. We're gonna talk more about that. Anyways, let's talk about this regular season, guys. Georgia football made history since nineteen. I want to say eighty-two or eighty. Twelve and zero, man. Twelve and a perfect, unblemished in the regular season. Caleb, what are your takeaways from the 12 and 0 season? And then we'll jump to Juan and then myself. Unblemished and not even really uh close. Um, really and truly, I, it's like we were saying earlier, man. We uh we came out, did what we had to do, dominated, didn't leave any question of if we should have won or not. I mean, every game we played, we definitely should have won. And uh we showed it, man. And the I mean the the biggest takeaway obviously is the historic defense. Uh, that's all I can really say. It's been the best defense they said statistically since the what '93 Florida State team that won the championship as well. And um, them boys are animals, man. And and you got to give shout outs to people like that ain't been talked about, like a Devontae Wyatt, a Jalen Carter, a Trayvon Walker, Nolan Smith. These boys, DK Keeley, seen. I mean, they they're not even getting talked about. It's you hear you hear Jordan Davis, you hear Nicobe Dean, but it's a, it's a group effort, man. There's they're all stars. Every one of them. Every one of them is going to get an opportunity to play in the NFL. So uh, I just wanted to give them a little love, man. The ones that don't get talked about enough, because I think every single one of them 
is is great in their own way, and they're they're what gels the defense together. So I mean, a lot of you know a lot of people show love to those to Dean and Davis, but big big shout outs to the whole defense, man. And if we win a championship, it's gonna be it's gonna be them winning it. No 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 shade at the offense. I love Stets and I love Zamir, all them boys too. But this this has probably been the most fun I've had watching the defense, and it's just. It's fun that it's on our side. It's fun that it's with the red, G, uh, the red helmet with the G on it. So, that's that's my biggest takeaway, man. We didn't we didn't play down to anybody's level. We just conquered and went about our business. So, thank God we're twelve and zero, and I'm ready. Absolutely, Mr. Daniels. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and I, I echo everything that, that that Caleb said, but this is a classic example of offense wins games, defense wins championships, and the, this this is where we are the the heart and soul of this team is is the defense and if you think back to that interview that kirk herbstreet did with uh you know with the, with those three defensive players um the 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 thing that really stood out is he said we love each other we trust each other um we got our backs and then also too you know that you you sit there and say you know they were basically humbling themselves to say listen if if, if nicobe dean makes a play we're running with it that's it He's the leader out there and we're going to go with it. And then that also, you know, just kind of spills over into the offense where they're looking at the defense. You know, if I, if I, if I'm on offense and I see big Jordan Davis tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Whether I like it or not, I'm going to have enough respect and enough fear to say, I'm going to do it. And there's going to be a reason why they want me to do it. So they trust in the coaches, they trust in each other. And, and, and just like Caleb said, this is the most fun I've had watching, football i'm an offensive guy but i had more fun watching the defense just completely dominate my favorite was that first drive against arkansas when they came in there with all that height and then all of a sudden boom <laughs> it's like whoa um you know it's like and they were like hey I'm, I'm ready to bounce up out of here and they sure they absolutely did and so uh man it's, it's just been awesome to watch i want everybody to listen in if you're listening you're watching listen closely because i'm about to give you my words here Break them bitches. <laughs> 12 games completely dominating and physically breaking people's wills to play. I'm telling you right now, man, it could be it could be argued that, that Georgia broke several teams this year. Just based off of what we saw coming up to play in Georgia and then moving after. I'm telling you right now, it could be arguable that that Georgia broke Clemson, Arkansas, Kentucky. Definitely broke Florida. The floodgates completely drained out after Georgia played Florida. I'm just, now, is this true 100%? No. We, I get yes, it, right? It's not hard. kind of things were down. But I'm telling you right now, as a Georgia fan, I'll say that shit. I don't care. It's true. I, I just love it. Look, every single game, starting from Clemson and Charlotte, we came out, especially on the defense, dominate. Dominate, dominate, dominate. Complete and utter domination. From start to finish, four quarters – Four quarters for 12 games. And the thing about it was, even when we were up, UAB, you know, Georgia Tech, uh, Kentucky, all these games, we were already, the games were well out of hand. There was a chip on the shoulder of that defense. It took Kentucky to score their 13th points, right? The 13 points that they had took them till three seconds left in the game. And that was because, and it wasn't like we just let them score a garbage time touchdown. They had to earn that. They had to earn it. I'm telling you right now, ever this this season, 
will go down as a historic defense for this Georgia uh, team. And we can look back at 12-0 and, and, and be high and mighty and feel high and mighty and all that stuff. But right now, these guys are laser, laser focused on potentially three more games. For sure one, more than likely two, right? We know it's going to be two, potentially three. And, and in my opinion, I'm going to talk on these on this behalf because I feel like this is probably what's going to happen. These 12 games don't mean shit. If you don't win three more games, mm-hmm. if you don't win three more games, what will you have proven? Nothing. There's a chip on their shoulder, and it started last year after the bowl game. Unfinished business is what we heard. You saw James uh, Jordan Davis. You saw Devontae Wyatt. You saw Zeus. You saw Cook. All these guys started making a comeback. And once that happened right there, my eyes was like, somebody, somebody's in trouble because – they had the chance to make their money and they came back because there was a chip on their shoulder and they had something to prove 12 games in you've proved almost everything you need to see except one thing get that natty get the natty got jordan davis's third right now guys if you oh yeah speaking of if you haven't voted for jordan davis hashtag jd2nyc make it happen go vote go vote Georgia, Georgia's uh, Twitter, 1 million followers, guys. 1 million followers. Make it happen. Get him, to, get him to New York. He may not win the Heisman, but damn it, he needs to be there. He needs to be there. Because, honestly, in my opinion, he's the, he's, he's the team MVP. From, from an impact standpoint, there's no question. Now, stats, you can look at Kobe Dean, things like that. I'm not going to say not. But from, a, from, a meaning, like from an emotional standpoint, there's no question about it who the unquestioned leader of that team is. It's Jordan Davis. It starts up front with Jordan Davis. Get him to New York. My man deserves the Heisman anyway. This season has been shit anyway for everybody else. Just saying, get him to New York. But, uh, you know, Juan, what was your favorite game? I want to start with this. What was your favorite game from this regular season? I'll, I'll go back to it. Arkansas. Man, I'm, I'm telling you right there, you know, Arkansas was, you know, they were eight, eight in the country. Um, they were riding high. Um, and everybody was just kind of talking about it. This is just going to be that 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 test game, um, and and then them just absolutely just putting a hammer, just a beat down on Arkansas. And, and to me, that just was basically saying, "Hey, George, uh, you know, letting the country know we're here. You know, this is this is the eighth team in the country, and this is what we're going to do to the eighth team in the country." Man, that was that was that was. And then of course, then you look at it to see how well Arkansas played against Alabama. So Arkansas was not a bad team. Uh, you know, make no mistake about it. They were not a bad team. We were just dominant and we did not, you know, and, and normally a, a Georgia team, they'll go and some, you know, historically will struggle. They'll have some issues, but man, they just, they bounced Arkansas just right out of here. It was awesome. That was my favorite game. Absolutely. I do want to pause Caleb real fast. I got a question in the brigade here. I want to get to it. I want to talk about it. If anybody wants to chime in, guys, let's do this. Uh, obviously, guys, the brigade is our live chat, right? It's our live chat. If you're not familiar with it, if you're first time watching, Stacy Blackwood, my man over the Tide Talk, uh, Tide Talk podcast, asks: the last several times that uh, that have won the last, well, last several teams that have won a championship were elite at quarterback: Mac, Burrow, Trevor, Tua, Deshaun. All right, the list goes on. Can Georgia break that streak? Uh, Stetson's really good, but probably not elite. 
uh, Stacy, I will I will answer that first, and guys, feel free to chime in afterwards. I look at what we bring to the table at quarterback. Yeah, you know, for me, I don't think Stetson needs to be on that elite level that you would hear from like a guy like Trevor Lawrence. That Trevor Lawrence legitimately saved Clemson's hopes because he was just that generational. Of, he was just a generational talent, and he had he had the best running back in Clemson history with with a. Uh, Travis Etienne. Stetson's got Stetson or JT, whoever, you know, whatever happens, both guys have a surrounding cast of weapons that Georgia has not had in years past to complement the quarterback play. And also a coordinator that knows how to effectively utilize each and every weapon. Game plan, either any game, you can game plan one guy to have a big game, right? It's not just like you're Justin Ross. Or you're, you know, uh, you know, you look at, you know, obviously like uh, Devontae Smith last year, right? Not saying anything discrediting uh, Mechie or anybody like that, but everybody knew there was that one guy. Georgia has multiple guys that can break out at any time, and you don't know who you don't. You have the game plan for everybody, and then you have a defense. And Alabama's had some historic defenses too, so I'm not going to slap anything there. But when you add all that together the coordinators, the coaching staff, everything is just gelling at the right time. And it's been that way. And there's really been hardly any chinks in the armor. You could look at Clemson as, as being that little, you know, kind of a question mark, right. For sure. Um, to me, I think, I think it gets done, Stacy. I really do. Um, but honestly, let's be honest and, and look Saturday, we're going to find out, we're going to find out what George is capable of. You know, people can say that we haven't played nobody, which is, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. But I'm just saying, you'll definitely – there's no question you know who you're playing Saturday. And and you have to get it done, right? You have to get it done. And we'll find out Saturday. So, to answer your question, I think so, but it starts Saturday. I want to I wanna reiterate, too, because his next, his next uh, comment said, like it or not, in the modern era of college football, elite offense is more important than an elite defense. I agree with that. I think now offense wins championships. It, it's been a proven fact, but – Stacy, I want you to comment. Name one, name one elite offense this year. Na- name one. I'll be waiting. So this year, <laughs> look, you can this say year, you can say Ohio State. Defense, they well, they're not going to be there. Uh, I'm saying the they, were, they were they weren't they weren't elite either. Honestly, they they beat up little teams. They beat up JV schools. I ain't worried about them. I, I I'm waiting on an elite offense. So this year, the elite defense is going to be more important. I, well, I agree. I, I, agree. I think this my, year my might question, be the one. The one my, my question would be, how is Stetson different than Greg McElroy or or AJ McCarron? I mean, these were not elite quarterbacks. I mean, they were better. basically. Let me just turn the ball, turn around, hand the ball off. Let me manage the game. And I honestly believe, probably, st- you know, statistically, uh, Bennett is probably, you know, had probably done a little bit more than they did. Um, you know, Alabama had elite defenses, you know, and they had, you know, great defenses, but they weren't blowing people out like we are, like we are blowing people out. And so to say that they are, you know, that, that, that they were better than Stetson, I, I'd have to argue with them. And those were national championship teams. So, um, you know, that, that, that's just my take on it. No, and Stacy brings up a good point here. He's saying, but that was more than a decade ago when they played. And to that point, the, the the landscape of college football has changed. The perception of what makes a national title winning team has changed because not just not even a decade ago. You look back six, seven years ago, 
2015 Alabama, elite defense, elite defense, stable of running backs, right? We, we saw it from at least right there and back, right? It could be even sooner than that. Yeah. One, of, but, one but thing if, about if, this year that really separates a national title winning team from everybody else, efficiency. Efficiency. Yeah. Bama and Georgia both are in the top ten in efficiency. I, I, after the Auburn game, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I know leading up to that game, they were both top ten in efficiency, uh, offense and defense. So, to me, this year has been a telltale sign of who's the most efficient, who can be the most efficient on a consistent basis. Um, right. And, and honestly, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, because you're you're going to see, you know, you're going to see what happens, you know, elite defense, right? George, I'd say Georgia's on a historic pace at this point. Can Bama score points on on Georgia's defense? But also, you, you can ask that question. But I think the bigger question is, can can Georgia score on Bama's defense? I, I think there's going to be a lot of questions answered Saturday. Yeah, I, I think they can definitely score on their defense. But, you know, even if you go back a decade ago, what's really different from this Georgia team right now than those Alabama teams a decade ago? There's not a lot of difference. I mean, it is we're relying on our running game. We're relying on our on our defense to get us through these games. We just have a little bit more firepower on offense, you know, because we have a Munkin. Munkin is just he's he's phenomenal. And also, too, you have to look at it. You know, imagine if we did not have all the injuries that we've had throughout the year. I mean, the first couple of games, we didn't have Darnell. And now we're finally getting Pickens back. You know, we're kind of easing them back into it. But we hadn't had a lot of elite players. I mean, Bowers has emerged into somebody elite. But at the the beginning of the season, you wouldn't have said he was elite. McConkie, all of these other guys. I mean, we've had, you know, all these guys that that, that had these injuries. We've had all these issues. And yet we continue to to you know go out there and and improve each and every game that you know what we are we are that team we are the top tier team and uh, again there's not a lot of difference between this georgia team and those alabama teams in in the past so you know to wrap this conversation up because this is going to be a great discussion for tomorrow i'm just going to leave it here uh you know stacy also said stacy uh, stacy said alabama is the only team in the top 10 in total offense and total defense I have to check because I feel like Georgia might be, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, I don't have the stats no, in front of me. Not, a, not an offense. It's yeah. because it's because our defense sets us up to score so many points. It ain't got nothing to do with t- – I don't care about total offense. He's talking about efficient offense, and Georgia's one of the top. That's I mean, but I, I get that point. But I think what yeah. – what to, and my last comment before we move on to to my uh, my game of the year, what's, what separates this Alabama-Georgia game and what – Make, makes a national title winning team. You know, everybody looks at at offense, and you have to have this explosive offense. You have to have this explosive offense, generational talent. Look at twenty nineteen. You could very well argue twenty last year's Alabama offense, right, with four uh, NFL uh, receivers. Georgia's Georgia is winning games and blowing people out, but it looked the perception of it is a lot different. What you're seeing is you're seeing balance. You're not seeing 80-yard touchdown passes. That's just not what Georgia is about. Georgia's about sitting here being efficient on offense. This is I understand total efficiency is a lot different here, but the way Georgia's doing offensively, you have you have your deep shots that hit right, and I think a lot of that from last year to this year is execution. You see these guys execute hitting these deep balls that we didn't hit last year, but then you also have the balance to sit there. And, and maul people in the wrong in the running game. Every running back has their niche. You look at Zeus. Zeus has gotten better out of the backfield. 
but he's also able to just physically wear you down for four quarters. Then you have James Cook, which has gotten a lot better running between the tackles and a little bit outside the tackles, I think, which is better with what he did. But utilizing him in the in the in the passing game is his we- is the weapon right there. It's just a he's a mismatch nightmare, especially if your running back try- or your linebacker goes out there to try to guard him. It's just over. Georgia is is doing things a different way on offense, but it's a, it, it's basically a different formula, proving the same results so far. And, and like I said, it's, and the key words being so far, because there's th- there's potentially three games that Georgia has to go through and win. Obviously, you have one coming up Saturday. Two, you know, you look at the first you know first game of the playoffs because I'm telling you right now, Georgia's in the playoffs whether they win or lose. Um, you know, so you have two games, more than likely two games. And potentially a third, you have to win that one. Um, so I, I look at it that way. Georgia's Georgia's producing wins, you know, whether who, regardless of who we're playing. I think it's telling for when we get ready to play teams that we know we're gonna have to score, having the ability to do it. I think that's key. I want to make uh, one more statement. One more statement on this, and then we can we can end it. I know you want to get through, but I'm I'm gonna ask you one question. If chalk holds Saturday. You do realize that Georgia will more than likely have the top scoring offense in the playoffs. And everybody plays a lot like Georgia, minus Cincinnati. They like to spread the ball out a little more. But Oklahoma State and Michigan both want to run the ball as well. They they play the same way. They're efficient and they they want to play defense. We do it better than them. And if Alab if Robinson ain't 100 percent Alabama ain't gonna stress us either because we're gonna we're gonna play coverage and send four because they can't block us. So, Stacy, I get what you're trying to say, but I'm gonna have to, um, I'm gonna have to uh, respectfully disagree with you, my man. So we'll see, though. I'm, look, Stacy, I want this same energy and these same questions tomorrow. Tomorrow, I have to move on and talk a little about about you know regular season and the coaching carousel that we see. But this right here is the perfect discussion I want tomorrow because, look, dawn of the dogs, man, you're playing Bama, I, Georgia has. Bama as a target. I think, and I'll, I'll say this before I go to my game of the week. Mark this down, guys. This is my last comment, I promise. The game of the year for Georgia might actually be Bama because we've had this we've had this uh, monkey on our back for years since he since Kirby got here. It's been that it's been that same situation. These guys are going to play. That they're going to come out. They're going to play. And I think you know we saw what laser focus was for twelve games so far. I think you're going to see that same thing. Nothing's going to change Saturday. They're going to play. The opponent is a lot better, but the mentality is not going to change. It may be even stronger. But moving on, we were talking about game of the year. Uh, Juan called out the Arkansas game. Caleb, what was your what was your game again? I forgot. I didn't get one, but I'm about Ooh. to tell you. I hate these bitches. So beating Florida was my favorite game of the year, just because I don't like them. It, it, I didn't think we were going to lose to them. I wasn't scared with them. Um, but beating them was fun. All that that moral victory they had against Bama with Emory Jones saying, "Oh yeah, we're definitely going to get a chance to play them again." Nah, I didn't think so. And um, that that was probably my favorite game, just to shut them up for once and for all. They ain't going to beat us for a few years either. So give give me the Florida game. I love it. Juan had to hop off. There is a uh, <clears throat> he had to have a business call. So my game of the year, it might be our ugliest game of the year, Clemson. It was our it was the Clemson game. Uh, 
My main reason is because it set the tone defensively. It set the tone. Offensive, obviously, there were some serious questions after that game. But we also knew that going into that game, you were looking at two elite defenses. Uh, you look at. Two defense, like I said, elite defenses, just battling it out, right? And obviously the 10-3 score was telling because a pick six was the only touchdown that separated the score. That right there is a game that you look back to like 2010, 2011, right? 2011 Bama, uh, LSU. Not saying this on that extent, but it's, it had that feel in that game. You knew, like, in 2011, uh, Kayla, you may know what I'm talking about. Stacy. if you're still here, I know you know what I'm talking about. That game in the regular season, 9-6. to six. Now, Bama missed a lot of field goals that could have ended that game a lot, a lot differently. Five. But that game was littered with NFL talent on both defenses. It was insane. Not to that extent. Georgia Clemson had that same feel. You had Razee, Miles Murphy there. Jordan Davis, Devontae White, Trayvon Walker, list goes on for Georgia. Really, both both teams, right? It had that feel to it. Georgia absolutely dominated their own defense. And, and honestly, it was one of those games where I was sitting on, on edge the entire game. The entire game. But like I said, it set the tone defensively, and that tone has not changed. If anything, it's gotten better. Now, the level of play, everybody wants to argue that. You know, sure, you're UAB, you're Charleston Southern, whatever. But you look at Arkansas, you look at Kentucky, you know, Florida, we knew it was going to be down. Look, I had to finish in fourth, and they're proving me wrong because they're in sixth. Fuck the Gators. But second off, you look at the game, and everybody, you know, it seems like everybody overlooks it because Kentucky was a top 10 team, or, I mean, a top 15 team. Arkansas was eighth. You can't discredit what they did prior to. But this is what I said. Georgia broke teams, man. Like it feels, it has that feel to it, because Clemson goes on to lose three teams again, uh, lose three games, two more after us. <clears throat> Sorry, you know, Florida just derailed. Yeah, uh, Stacy, to add to my to my comment about the uh, LSU uh, Bama game, if he remembers correctly, in 2011, each team uh, or each team's entire starting defense is on an NFL roster was or was on at some point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that game, if you watched it, I tell you, it's nasty. It was it was beautiful to watch if you're if you're a, a true fan of college football. If you're here for the explosive offensive points, like you you know what I mean? That game was not for you. That was not for you. Uh but yeah and, and like I said, the whole year Georgia's defense has been suffocating to what Stacy called pointed out. It hasn't changed. And I think the Clemson game is my game of the year because it set the tone for what our defense, the expectations, what they were, and the standard that Kirby had put in and what we should expect. Do we have, you know, obviously understanding that you could have some slip-ups, but we haven't saw it so far. Uh, obviously, against Bama's defense, maybe. We don't know, right? It's to be determined. But from 12 games in this regular season, our defense has suffocated everybody. When, when 17 points is the most – a team has scored on you, that's saying something. Tennessee fans, that's your moral victory, I understand. But I'm just saying that's that's crazy to believe that. And you look at Alabama, and I have to do this because the standard is Alabama. And, and look, Georgia's well on their way to kind of doing the same thing. 
But everybody, when you think of suffocating defense, it's always Bama's defenses. 2011 defense. 2015 was a good one, too. That right there, Georgia's well on their way through 12 games through the entire regular season. Can they finish it out? Can they finish it? I think they can. And it's going to be on the defense. And the defense is ready for that. The defense doesn't matter if it's your ones, your twos, your threes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those guys are ready. First off, they're elite talent, deep. They're deep. But they're all ready. They police themselves. The young guys police themselves. So, you know, so things like that right there, the small things can make a great team elite. It can make it elite. Stacey asked, what point total do you think Alabama needs to get to win? That is a question for tomorrow, my man. Uh, I want to leave any Bama talk from that, from what we discussed on for tomorrow, because it is going to be juicy tomorrow, Stacey. Um, you'll definitely ask that same question again tomorrow and you'll get my answer. I've already given enough out here, a uh, little bit of a treat here pretty much for people today. Can't give out that right there because we got a lot to talk about tomorrow about Bama. Uh, you know, but look, Caleb, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. We're going to wrap this up for today, guys. We're going to wrap it up for today. Stick around for the Q&A. But if you're not familiar, the DGD podcast is sponsored by La Terrain Watches. I actually got my watch on right now. Can you see that bad bitch? There we go. Got it on right now. Use code DGD at checkout. Get you 10% off your purchase. Doesn't matter the amount of your purchase. Get 10% off. Use code DGD. LaTerrain.com. That is La-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E. For those listening, check out DGD 10%. I'm telling you right now, love the watches, everything like that right there. With that being said, Caleb, it was a pleasure having you on, my man. Tell people where they can find you for those listening and watching. Yeah, if y'all want to have a lot more talks like this, I'm live on Facebook twice a day at KTG13TV. We have a lot of uh, have a lot of debates like this right now. During the day, I'm playing college basketball. At night, I'm playing college football, but it's always college football talk and um, – Y'all come holler at me, man. My birthday is Saturday, actually, for the game. Y'all want to come wish me happy birthday? Catch me on Facebook, KTG13TV. And like I said, we talk a lot. There's, it's, it's a little more toxic on that side of it because we're actually pretty engaging over there. I mean, this is a straight podcast. That's me talking shit. That's what I really what I do over there. So uh, if y'all enjoy the talk like this, man, um, catch Robert over there, too. Robert's always in the chat chalking it up. So uh, come, come check us out on Facebook Live. Facebook Gaming at KTG13 TV. There you go. All right, guys. Remember, stay tuned for tomorrow because it's all SEC championship game. We've got a special guest coming in, my friend. Um, he hosts a Alabama, uh, Oklahoma. Wow, I'm all over the fucking place. Oklahoma podcast. Guys, we're, we're talking about the coaching carousel now, but I want to get from an insider over there that deals with the Sooners. I want to hear what's going on because if you don't know what I'm talking about, Lincoln Riley royally fuck the Sooners. Uh, we'll talk more about that, too. Um, definitely want to sit here. Stick around. We'll talk a little bit about the Coach of Carousel in the Q&A. Give it a little bit of a hint there. Uh, but for the podcast, guys, that is all we have. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you get your podcast. Check out Facebook Gaming, KGG13. Have a great day, and stay tuned for tomorrow. Go dogs.
still remember like yesterday. I still remember like yesterday walking out of this, this picture to have. The look, the look, the look and the feeling I had. Looking at Tyson, looking at Stokes, looking at those guys. You know what, guys? This is our fucking year. This is our fucking year. We're doing the how we play. It's zero to fucking zero, and you make them never want to play again. All that shit they're talking, I love it, Jamar. You didn't say shit. You don't say shit to them. You just laugh and point at the scoreboard. Let me get a picture, JD, pointing at the fucking scoreboard. Don't say shit to their undisciplined ass. Because we are. We are disciplined, and I am still going to take the fucking shit out of them. Physically, physically, I want to break them. I'm talking about fucking break these bitches on defense and offense. Let's go, defense.